welcome to Thinking Hard or Hardly Thinking with your host, Aaron Marks, a podcast about taking a high-level view of the dilemmas that stimulate and inspire us to find our place in the world. Now, Thinking Hard or Hardly Thinking. Do you long for a utopia of some kind? Are you even aware that you do? Is it possible not to? How do you locate the utopian impulse in your thinking? It is certain that in your survey of the world's current state, you find elements, characteristics, forces, institutions, all of which are causing pain, turmoil, injustice, suffering of some kind. You probably also think about ways to resolve those issues, eliminate those detrimental parts of the world, But what goes in their place? Is it really possible to create the utopia we all seek? A world free of problems and suffering, full of harmony, justice, prosperity, equality? Can this ever be done? Beyond that, is the concept of utopia itself even coherent? How are we to regard our choices, decisions, and actions within a morally murky framework if we cannot rely on the concept of utopia for clear guidance? We'll be exploring all of that and more today on Thinking Hard or Hardly Thinking. Today's episode is brought to you by Clearly Simple Business Consulting. If you are an entrepreneur or business owner who is stimulated by this discussion, you may very well find Clearly Simple to be a good fit. We connect with business people driven by a deep purpose, curiosity, and passion for providing their service to the world, and frustrated by the task of capturing it in the perfect messaging, branding, marketing, and systems. We enrich your enterprise on every level, from vision to team dynamics, from web design to culture, from social media marketing to tracking, and it all comes down to a deep dive into your identity as an entrepreneur, because everything flows out of that. Until you have that piece, you really don't have anything, but once you do, you have everything. Check us out at www.clearlysimple.net, Clearly Simple Business Consulting. And now, Thinking Hard or Hardly Thinking. What does your utopia look like? Do you have a personal utopia? I'll bet you do. Lots of us do, although we may not realize it, or might not use that word. I would say you know you're thinking about your personal utopia whenever you have a thought like, the world would be so much better if X, Y, or Z were true. So how about it? What would it take to make everything okay? What isn't it happening that, if it would, would change everything for the better? Make all the problems go away. Erase all the suffering. Maximize prosperity for everyone. You have something, don't you? There is some vision of the world that feels better, more fulfilled, more harmonious, more perfect, full of peace, freedom, prosperity, equality. Maybe it's infused with technology that eases human suffering. Maybe it is a world without work. Maybe it is an agricultural paradise in which we live symbiotically with the land and all of nature. Maybe it is a world full of beautiful art and music, abundant with enough delicious food for everyone. Maybe it's a world in which humans enjoy unlimited freedom, but also guaranteed medical care, 
no matter the magnitude of the need. What does yours look like? And more importantly, what actions does it inspire you to take? The problems I see are twofold, or maybe onefold if you really get down to it, but it goes something like this. People disagree on what utopia looks like. Or maybe more primarily, people disagree on how utopia is achieved. And so a right-leaning thinker, to take a simplistic example, will submit that utopia is maximizing freedom, while a left-leaning thinker, again simplistically, will submit that utopia is a matter of equality when measured in certain ways. Can both coexist? Are the imagined utopias the same? Are they born of the same impulse, the same vision? Is one a means to the other? Or are both even possible? Is utopia itself possible? Is it somewhere in between, somehow optimizing both freedom and equality? Is this even possible? Here's a couple other examples, which may cause you to examine some of your deeply held beliefs and granted assumptions. Many people talk about heaven, but very few describe it. Of course, a theological concept such as this will inevitably defy human description, even conception. But I want to explore for a minute the central cognitive dissonance that I typically find around this topic. Heaven is necessarily abstract. We all have a conceptual sense of what it must mean, but struggle to flesh out any physical detail which would allow this to be true. So, I assume we would all grant that heaven is free of pain, hunger, boredom, regret, hatred, loneliness, fatigue, restlessness, or discomfort of any kind. If any of those qualities are permitted, I think we can all agree that we are no longer describing heaven. So what does that look like when it is realized? Can you imagine such a place through your human frame? Hunger motivates us to work and prosper. Boredom motivates us to create and seek entertainment. Loneliness motivates friendship and familial bonding. Regret motivates learning and improved decision-making. Indeed, I think every single action humans take in the physical realm is motivated in some way by the prevention of some kind of negative feeling. We are constantly correcting our course, much in the same way as an airline pilot whose flight control amounts to making continuous adjustments to correct a path that is off the mark almost all the time. Our existence is a series of actions designed to minimize pain and maximize pleasure. What could heaven ever offer us? Does this not strike you as dissonant in many important ways? The abstraction of heaven keeps many of us invested in the adventure of life, accepting the defeats with the triumphs, secure in the knowledge that all tears will eventually be wiped away. Let's look at another religious example, this time to reveal the inherent contradictions of the utopian concept. Many would say that eventually, somehow, the creator of the universe will return in some way and inaugurate a world of peace and prosperity, I assume, free of any kind of suffering. At the same time, many, even most humans, who have accepted the quote, wrong doctrine, will be consigned to an eternity of endless and indescribable suffering. It will all be right according to God's good pleasure. We must grant the virtue of this plan, for it is divine. Side note, this tension is effectively encapsulated by the famous Euthyphro Dilemma, attributed by Plato to Socrates in the Dialogues. If this topic interests you, I recommend you go there next. And yet, we note a clear contradiction between the idea of virtue and the eternal suffering of most of humanity. How often are utopian ideas revealed to contain such a contradiction or unforeseen catastrophe? 
I notice that many politically and socially minded people become attached to some kind of utopian vision on Earth. I think every political philosophy has one of some kind, an ideal vision of society realized through policy. And like the religious examples, often contain some kind of moral contradiction or unintended consequence. Here's a thought experiment. Are you ready? See if you can follow along. Go ahead and pause or re-listen as many times as you need to process, and perhaps answer the following questions. Number one, is it a good time to be alive? Number two, if you said no, can you tell me a better time to be alive? Or maybe more precisely, a better time for more people? Because maybe you're saying it's great for some, but we still have a long way to go. Do we have further to go today than we would have a thousand years ago? Number three, if you say we have further to go, how much farther? Can you quantify that? Can you put down some kind of specific figure or goal to know when we have succeeded? Number four, if so, what is it? If not, what does that tell you? In my experience, utopian thinking starts to get shaky around the second question, starts to topple around the third, and is revealed to be completely absurd around the fourth. Now, I don't love pushing people to this point for a couple reasons. One, people cling to their utopian visions to get through the day, the year, the lifetime. If you don't have some kind of religious vision toward which you work, your life can get pretty nihilistic. And a point of clarification, I think everyone has a religion. It is simply the terrible world you work to avoid and verbally affirm. If we didn't have this, we wouldn't do anything. Ultimately, what do you believe in? What is the prime moral driver behind your actions? Everyone has one, if you ask enough questions. The second reason I don't like to push the utopian concept with people reveals a paradox. While I don't believe there is a utopia to be had per se, I certainly wouldn't want to live a thousand years ago. At least no more than a day of sightseeing via time travel would permit. And the intervening progress is largely thanks to countless people waking up every morning and pursuing their own personal utopian visions. So perhaps all progress is the result of some kind of utopian thinking. If that's true, utopianism will indeed save the world, whatever that means, and we must channel it productively. Here's another paradox for you. I would submit that a utopia is a world in which all problems are solved. But if all problems were solved, it would be a problem. Hence, utopia is unattainable. Okay, was that too simple and easy? Well, let me elaborate a little. I think humans need problems. We somehow need something to motivate us, a negative voltage to attract our amperage and keep us in motion. While most of us would never admit it, we thrive on the drama, pain, discomfort, and injustice we see and experience in the world. Come on, isn't it fun to complain, to put out fires, to be outraged by the news? Every time I vow to go on a social media fast, a hiatus from political news or some such thing, I just can't stand the silence. I'm positively drawn to conflict, drama, turmoil, and debate like a magnet. Why would I ever want utopia? Shakespeare once characterized drama as life with all the boring parts removed, but utopia would be life with all the dramatic parts removed. Everything emotional or uncertain or painful or suspenseful. Would you really want that? What would be the point? It violates the human condition. We can't get enough of dramatic stories about protagonists who face adversity, struggle, endure trials, overcome the odds. Life in utopia would be so dull, so meaningless, without flavor or triumph. 
Without defeat, too. But that's the flip side of the coin. If we lived in such a thoroughly harmonious world, we would at least invent dramas to rouse passions and keep us entertained. But then art wouldn't be a true reflection of reality, and it wouldn't make sense to us. I sometimes fantasize about never having to work, and idly passing my days by watching all the movies I want and reading the great philosophical texts. But all of these creations address the very real pain and discomfort that only come from engaging with life, and they will feel hollow if we have no basis for comparison in our own lives, which is ultimately what all utopias promise. Ultimately, our desires are incoherent. Furthermore, I would submit that we all go to work every day to solve problems. Whatever job you do is probably in demand thanks to some unsatisfactory state of affairs that your customers desire to be improved. Think about it. People are coming here to solve problems all day, every day, right? If there were no problems, what would we do? When people imagine utopia, they must imagine some vague and paradoxical world in which everyone is happily employed and prosperous while somehow being free of problems. How could that ever exist? There must be a disconnect somewhere. The entrepreneurial spirit, the very essence of being truly alive, in my opinion, is fueled by the problems, the dissatisfaction, the discomfort, the pain of existence. If all problems were solved, if no pain were present, there would be no businesses to build, and the human spirit would dwindle. And yet, even if we can't fully account for a detailed, complete utopian vision when pressed, I would argue that every single action and choice we make is motivated by the drive to improve the state of the world, thus approaching an asymptotic limit of utopia that we will never realize. If I perform work, it is to solve a problem. If I create art, it is to beautify existence and satisfy some internal urge to express. If I purchase an item, it is to improve my life, which makes the world better in a small way. Even if I do something unvirtuous or lazy, I'm still acting out of the result of some subconscious calculation that has determined this action is somehow the better choice. That one still makes my head hurt a little to consider, but it must be true. Yes, I'll come out and say it. Every action and choice that anyone has ever made is a step toward utopia. No one would ever willingly make a move toward dystopia. This implies that we all know that utopia can't ever really be attained. And so we act to maximize some kind of utopian quality at every moment, whether this be pleasure, love, or prosperity for ourselves or someone else. What do you think? Can this be true? Do you agree that all actions are ultimately utopian in their motivation, even if utopia itself is not actually attainable? It's an odd conclusion, but I can't see a better one, because the fact is that every action has both positive and negative consequences, both intended and unforeseen. And the sum total is that the world gets better, gradually. Again, I defy anyone to honestly say they would rather live a thousand years ago than today. Little by little, we approach that asymptotic limit of utopia one choice at a time, year after year, millennium after millennium. An honest disclaimer would be that it is not quite that simple to say this. While it is probably true that certain marks of progress, which itself is often an, a problematic concept, are uncontroversially beneficial, for example, I think most of us would agree that architectural innovations which keep out the elements more and more durably are a positive step, although there are some who fetishize the much more naturalistic lifestyle of primitive peoples, rendering the respective utopian visions incompatible. 
Certain marks that some call social progress strike others as demonic and evil. Two issues arise. Technological progress often has an underbelly, think fossil fuels and climate change, and one man's utopia is another's dystopia, think socialist redistribution versus free market capitalism. Dig down farther and you might even start to question the very existence of objective morality, which gets tricky, and we'll probably need to wait for another day. For now, I'll conclude. Everyone is making utopian choices all the time. The commission of every action is an assertion that the world will somehow improve as a result. As such, we approach utopia, which lies upon the asymptotic limit. We will never truly achieve it. And this is a good thing, because we love the drama, and we would all be depressed if all the problems actually went away. And no one would ever say that a world full of billions of depressed people is a utopia. So utopia is actually dystopia. See what I did there? I don't think utopia will ever exist. Somehow we get closer. More people eat. More find meaningful work. More prosper. More societies stabilize. More opportunities are created and quality of life is increased through astounding new technologies. And yet with every new innovation and social progression, we find that there is still work to do and some work to undo. More problems to solve. More progress to make. We need to realize that the human condition thrives on solving problems, and so we will never tire of looking for them. We thrive in this process so thoroughly that we secretly pray to always find more problems to solve. Admit it. You know it's true. And as an entrepreneurial human, it must always be true. So, be thankful that problems remain and continue to show themselves anew. Be thankful that this endless cycle fuels our unending human ambition and activity. Be thankful that you will never lack for problems to solve or art to create. Be thankful that there is no utopia and that there never could be. For at that point, we would finally know true despair as a human race. Utopia and dystopia are one, and that is ultimately what keeps us moving, away and toward, or toward and away, as befits your perception of their orientation. Consider your next action carefully for it is your first step towards utopia, or away from dystopia. We all have our path, our own evaluation of the course, and that is what keeps us in the adventure. What will you do next? Thanks for listening to Thinking Hard or Hardly Thinking. I hope you have enjoyed it and found it stimulating. Please download, subscribe, and review to help spread the word to more great listeners like you. As always, this episode has been brought to you by Clearly Simple Business Consulting. Business consulting for purposeful entrepreneurs who want to enter the marketplace with deep intention and clear communication. We look at every element of your business from numbers to systems, to branding, to marketing, to tracking, to team dynamics, and make sure it matches your purposeful intention. Reach out to us for a free initial consultation at www.clearlysimple.net. And one final note for today. I often have people tell me they treasure this kind of exploratory conversation and that they are not able to have it with anyone else in their life. It's like I'm validating all the secret thoughts they have had all their lives and giving them space to air them when no one else realized why they were important or even understood. For some of us, it is these thoughts and a safe space to air them that gives us the purpose and meaning to keep moving forward. 
finding our unique place in this strange, often overwhelming, but magical and wonderful world. If this is you, you probably know who you are. Congratulations, you're not alone. If you'd like to take your thinking to the next level, I invite you to reach out and see if coaching with me is a good fit. Just go to AaronJMarks.com and follow the directions you see there. I promise I'll never pressure you, and if it's right, it will happen quite organically. But if I'm piquing your interest, you should check it out, because having me as a conversation partner will change your life. It will energize and inspire you, and you never know what will happen or where your life will go after that. Just go to www.AaronJMarks.com. That's A-A-R-O-N, J is in jump, M-A-R-X.com, and check it out. I know it can be lonely to want to think and talk like this, but if you're here, remember, you're not alone, and I'm on your side. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Thinking Hard or Hardly Thinking podcast with your host, Aaron Marks. We'll see you next time when we'll continue to take a high-level view of the dilemmas that stimulate and inspire us to find our place in the world. We'll see you then.